clap for my, my video editor. All right. A consultation period has begun. Nothing's locked in place, no firm legislation yet, but in BC, in the province of BC, on the topics of blind bidding, so the review of the blind bidding system in real estate, as well as condition waiving in offers, and any other practices that may pose risks to consumers. So these are the three things, blind bids, conditions, and any other practices that may pose risk to consumers inside the real estate. So who knows how long this consultation uh, could run. Actually, there's probably is a date somewhere out there. I just didn't grab it. But let's take these things and break them down a little bit. So let's start with the, the, an easy-ish one, the cooling off period, as it's being called, essentially a proposal for mandatory conditions, or as we call them in BC, subjects, i.e. a mandatory clause with a subject to satisfactory inspection, which is open to interpretation, of course, and a mandatory subject to financing. And the appraisal is probably captured there. So why? Well, officially, the announcement is to better protect consumers in BC's real estate market. Unofficially, mainly, I think, to be seen to be doing something about a new problem? This is not a new problem. No, the market here in BC has been dealing with the fallout of blind bidding and firm offers, no subject, subject free, no condition offers for 10 years. So as usual, this is just, you know, government optics at, at work in a, in a large way. Arguably, if the government were truly concer concerned about the consumer, they would have, with the stroke of a pen, just simply expanded the existing legislation which exists on all new builds to expand to capture all residential properties. There's already a seven day period for you to get your financing in a row, to get an appraisal, to have a lawyer review the contract, et cetera, on new builds. And as I touched on in the past, hey, there's never been a better time to unload that bat infested, poly B plumbed, aluminum wired, vermiculite insulation, insulated, asbestos shingled, oil soaked railway tie foundation, shout out to you, New Westminster, unremediated ex grow up active meth lab of a house. It's a great time to sell that property. Today and today only, you can buy said home slash toxic dump site with a condition-free over-ask offer, no inspection required. It'll be fine, right? Over-ask. Actually, let's touch on that quickly. This leads into the blind bidding topic. If I were a realtor, I don't know that I would ever advertise that I've sold my clients' homes over-ask. I mean, kind of begs the question, how do you not know the market well enough to price it properly, like just slightly out of reach so you get something just below so you know you got, you extracted the maximum from the market? I mean, think about it. If I listed my home for $1 million and sold it for $950,000, did I win or did I lose? Some might say I lost $50,000. What if I listed that same home for $800,000 and got $900,000 for it? Now, did I win by $100,000 or wait? Did I lose by 50,000? There's an entire conversation around human psychology here, but logically speaking, I don't really want my asking price left in the dust and to receive some mystery amount way over and above that. I wanna ask just over the maximum price achieved so I can see that I clearly extracted the maximum price from the market. Now let's talk max price. How is max price achieved? Well, look, I mean, hey, the reality is a sharp realtor in today's market will say, we're gonna price it for X and don't worry because we're confident that the price will in fact be X plus Y, i.e. it will equal Z. 
And Z is what I want wanted to ask for the property anyways, but we got to play the game. We got to play the blind bidding game. And there are so many games here, right? Within that game. See that piece in the government announcement again, re other practices that may pose risk to consumers. There's a lot of other practices inside that blind bidding world that, that are just offside. It's, it's awful. The issues being investigated relate to the concerns raised that buyers may be purchasing a home without everything they need to make an informed decision, i.e. inspection, appraisal, firm financing, following a lender review. The mistake the government is making in their language here, though, and this is really the, the heart of the problem that is blowing up around this, is the language, cooling off period. Cooling off periods are limited. So here's, here's the actual language from the government. This is a direct quote. Cooling off periods are limited periods of time in which the buyers can change their minds and cancel the purchase with no or diminished legal consequences. That's not what the market needs. All right. That's that's why people are getting in an uproar. That's why a lot of realtors are getting in an uproar. A lot of different industry professionals are getting in an uproar. This is not helpful and creates needless debate, all due to poor semantics. A cooling off period isn't what's required. The term should be something more akin to mandatory conditions, meaning there's no easy out. You're not going to go tie up 10 properties because you can just walk away when you feel like it. No, no. I mean, they're like, there's those people who are like professional patients. Like all they do is go to doctor's appointments and get specialist referrals and go to spot. Like that's all they do all day long. Right. You're going to have these people that are going to be out there. They are like looky loos who might buy, but maybe because now they can tie it up with diminished or no legal consequences. They do tie it up. And that's, that's not cool. That's not what we should be talking about. And again, it's a consultation period. So hopefully some of this will bubble up in the conversations. The term, as I say, should be mandatory conditions, meaning there's no easy out. Did it appraise at the purchase price? Yes. No out from the contract. You're locked in. Did the inspection come up clean? quotes, all right, i.e. nothing costing more than, say, $5,000 to repair or a half a percent of the purchase price, uh, no imminent safety hazards, etc. You know, just because the one Venetian blind, uh, it, the gears are stripped in it on the one window. No, that's not an out. So if it's within reason, and we can probably put some acceptable parameters, acceptable to 99.9% .9 of people around the word reasonable inspection, then again, if yes, it's passed, no out for you. Is financing approved? If yes, proceed. If no, prove it. Prove you couldn't get your financing. Show us the communication from the lender that said, we will not approve this financing because X, Y, and Z. Details. Now, again, that opens a bit of a Pandora's box, but this is a thing, right? I'll circle back to the thing. Be careful what you wish for. Back to the blind bidding thing. This is where the research actually gets truly interesting. There are peer-reviewed studies out there that demonstrate the human psychology factor is a, a factor, maybe even more dramatic in open bidding than blind bidding. So here's a couple questions to ask yourself and think about. Has blind bidding driven up prices faster than they would have gone up otherwise? Maybe. I mean, let's say 51% yes, but, but faster than what? Like if it's not blind bidding, it's open bidding. So what does that mean? We'll come back to that in a sec. Has blind bidding driven prices 
further than they would have ultimately gone? Probably not. I mean, ultimately, somebody was willing to pay the price they paid. And there's a lot of bid situations where people go in, like let's say the house is listed at 800,000, and people go in and bid 900,000, and there's people who actually would have paid 950, 990 for the house, but they thought because it was listed for eight that they'd offer 880 and they were gonna save some money and it's great, and then they lost it at nine. Meanwhile, they're like, we would have paid 950, we would have paid 990. Can we get a second chance? Can we go back and outbid? No, nope, the offer is now accepted. So the seller loses in blind bidding cases more often i suspect than they win but again there's it's all ether right there's not a lot of scientific data on individual real estate transactions in the vancouver market over the last 10 years so it's going to be a little little more tricky but you can look at these peer-reviewed studies around blind bidding versus transparent bidding so would open bidding have had different results Likely yes, likely no. We probably wind up in a very similar spot. It's just the line on the graph might be a sharper rise. It might be a shallower rise. It might shoot up higher and come back down. Ultimately, the market is always going to settle out in pretty much the same spot over time. So prices, as I say, they may well have rocketed upward faster and further, maybe making room for that little bit of a decline, but ultimately probably wind up in the same spot. So the reality is that this fix around the blind bidding system isn't going to be any kind of fix for pricing. It's just not. All of these proposals really are, rarely are. I mean, it's just another version yet again of the same old thing we've been seeing for over a decade. It's demand side economics the likes of which Bill, Justin, and Evan really got going on in 2016, 2017, 2018, and even in the spring of 2020, because of course CMHC predicted home prices were going to drop 20%. Ay, ay, ay. So, you know, demand-side economics don't work other than for the wealthy. They work out really well for the wealthy. If we keep capping and making it more difficult for, you know, the regular working human to buy, well, yeah, real estate just becomes a place for the wealthy. And that is really sad. So all of these policies, all of these people setting these policies tend to miss the fundamental point, which is a shortage of supply, right? Values go where people go, people go where jobs go, and oh, ah, pandemic life, jobs went everywhere. So values kind of shot up everywhere because people dispersed and you had significant chunks of the population of major urban centers going to these smaller hamlets where as a proportion, it was completely out of proportion of, of buyers entering these smaller markets and there wasn't enough supply. And so prices skyrocket, right? That's, that's where we wind up. So the long and the short of all of this is, uh, is the market gonna get fixed in BC? No. No, it's not. Is it going to become more transparent? Possibly. Uh, is that a good thing? Maybe. It kind of depends how you're looking at it. And it sort of depends who your bidders are. Because like I say, think about the last silent auction you went to, right? Usually there's a lot of alcohol at those auctions and you see people going around and they're at the last minute and they're just up, up, up. And you always see those people that are going. And think about the last live auction you were at. Those are pretty fun, right? I mean, usually it's the two drunkest people in the room up there trying to outbid one another. 
by thousands of dollars on some hundred dollar thing. That's never been the case for me at all. All right. Actually, I think I got into one of those things and I don't even drink. And I got into one of those things because, well, you know, competitive, right? The competitive juices get going. So ultimately, what's this going to result in? It's going to result in additional layers of complexity. And the more complex real estate finance gets, the more job security you have. 